important to kind of look at every single pillar and kind of tie them in, you know, and I think that the food that we eat, what we do with our bodies, what we mm-hmm. choose to put into our bodies, mm-hmm. what we choose to put into our minds and how we think and who we surround ourselves with, that's that's who you're going to be as a person. Welcome to Badass Mind and Body. I'm your host, Jesse Wallace, also known as The Bubbly Badass. As a fitness professional, my goal is to empower you through an inspiring message, share intentional conversations with guests, and give you educational tips on how to optimize your lifestyle through a holistic approach to fitness and wellness. My mission is to help you understand how to connect and build a badass mind and body. Let's get to work. Welcome everyone. Today I'm sitting with someone super special. I am sitting with Haven Nutt. Haven is a certified personal trainer, fitness coach, nutritionist, paddleboard coach, group trainer with specializations in kickboxing, self-defense, SUP, and beach volleyball. She is a jack of all trades if you can't already tell. (laughs) She's worked in the health industry since 2014 and embarked on her dream of creating a safe haven for clients to embark on their own journey towards health. Haven built her retreat center, Safe Haven, located just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, which offers cooking classes, a garden-to-table experience, board rentals, and so, so much more that you'll learn about in this podcast. Haven also has her own cookbook with delicious, healthy recipes. There's a beautiful picture of these pancakes that I so want to go try. (laughs) Uh, Haven is passionate about empowering people to find their root of their own health with mental, physical, and spiritual wellness because each of these elements is a peg and the turning wheel of what it means to be alive. She believes that physical expression, movement, and fueling the mind and body is the root of all health, which is why she's a perfect guest for this podcast. So Haven, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for that yeah. intro. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll- Just to reference, I knew Haven from Hotbox back in the day. She was a kickboxing instructor there. And I felt like we didn't really fully connect till kind of the end of 2019 into Mm -hmm. 2020 and it it was fun getting to know you and you're just such a special person with your Enneagram 7 right yes yes (laughs) love that and you are as well right yes yeah yeah. and I I feel like that's where we always connected is that I love how bubbly you were you know you weren't ashamed to be bubbly and I think that it's sometimes in a gym setting for whatever reason you feel this pressure to walk in the room and be this like strong and very serious and person and so I really loved that you were really unapologetically bubbly and that was your Instagram handle and fun and so I just really connected with you on that level. I I do understand that because walking in the gym first of all can be really intimidating Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I I got my name was because I was lifting heavy I was at a competition I wasn't even the strongest one there I was just there for fun and so a friend of mine I kind of helped me form the name the bubbly badass (laughs) because it's it's true yeah it was just like oh it's just there for a good time and I'm gonna lift some things I love it yeah just keeping things lighthearted. I love it doesn't have to be so serious right yeah exactly it's all for fun in the end exactly so Haven just to pivot here from all the things that I already mentioned about you, you actually used to work in film, right? Were you yes. a director? Tell, tell me about that time of your yes. life. Yes. So I went to college to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be an actress and a filmmaker. So I studied. I was a double major. I did acting and um, producing and writing and directing. And 
and worked in that field for a bit after post-college. And to be honest, I still dabble in that field. I still book roles. I still have an agent and book wow. acting roles and whatnot. Just more of a side thing. There's not as much time. I always say I wish that we could live like three simultaneous lives and I could just go <laughs> after like 100% that world while also going 100% after this. But doesn't work that way. You know? I know. You That's how I always feel. <laughs> it's because we get FOMO. We're Enneagram 7s. We get FOMO. I know. I just want to have my hands in everything yes. and do and be it all. And I love the tagline, you can do it all, just not all at once. Right. It's so true. I mean, I just, I really wish that we could. And so many days I'll be like, hmm. I think I'm going to just go full force again at like acting and filmmaking. But, you know, at the end of the day, I love what I do now. And I love that it's kind of this part time where when I need a creative break or I want to just do something creative, I can go book a role for a day and like Mm -hmm. do a little project or write a script. I mean, no one's stopping me from writing so I can sit at night and write scripts. So that's kind of where that started was in college. And I mean, I really like in high school. I mean, I wanted to be like in high school musical, like I wanted to be like that person on the Disney Channel. And so I really went after it hard for a while. And, you know, I booked some stuff that I'm proud of. And I, you know, people have this misconception of like making it Mm -hmm. in the film and and art world in general and music. There's plenty of actors in the world that are making it that that make a living that way. They're just not famous. So there's a difference between success and fame. And people kind of think that they're both the same thing. That's true. But I have plenty of friends who are not famous who make a great living acting. And for a while, I did that. It wasn't famous, but I did some work and I'm proud of it. So, yeah. Didn't you have a film that was in Sundance, too? I acted in, yes, in a movie that was at Sundance, which was definitely one of a really exciting moment in That's my life. That's so cool. Yeah. It was very fun. Um, I mean, and that that whole film was just a blast to make. It was a comedy. There was some huge names in that in that film. So it was just a good time. Oh, I love that. Yes. I know. So you went from going into film, then what made you want to dive headfirst into the fitness industry and now it's kind of your main job? Yeah. Well, there was kind of this transition moment. After college, I thought about going to get my master's in drama therapy and film therapy. Whoa, that's what is drama therapy? I know, right? So drama therapy is it's a very niche, like part of the world where where therapists work specifically utilizing acting techniques, drama techniques, any sort of you know. Some people have heard of art therapy, you know, where you help people basically get through mental issues and things that they're going through through art. It's the same concept. there's a lot of role play in theater, and I, I really wanted to incorporate filmmaking into that. So I actually, you know, was applying for master's programs. I actually earned a lot of hours towards drama therapy, which, Ooh. fun fact, and I hadn't thought about that, to be honest, <laughs> in forever, that, that side of me. But I really wanted to open my own practice and, and kind of combine that creative world with helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, as things moved along... There was that transition point where I think, you know, I started working part time at a gym mm-hmm. and I just felt so alive and I felt like that's where I was needed and that's where I was helping people. And so the dream for me really just pivoted. It didn't change. I didn't change routes. It just sort of pivoted into, oh, I'm not going to open my own therapy practice. I'm going to open my own space for mm-hmm. everybody. So that's kind of where that transitioned. 
Yeah, that's really neat because I can relate to that too. Mm-hmm. Of because I moved to Nashville for music, that's right. and and yes. my mission too is similar, where I wanted to help people, but mm-hmm. I wanted to connect with people, and mm-hmm. that's still what I value the most is connecting with people and making an impact, even if it's just one person that you're impacting. Yes, that you know one one small thing can have a domino effect, just as you mentioned with acting you can create a living out of acting. You can make an impact on certain films and projects. You don't mm-hmm. have to be famous for it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you, you totally get that from the music world. Oh, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> so tell me about Heart Haven. What is Heart Haven? What do you offer? I think it's so awesome, but for the audience that doesn't know what it is, tell me all about it. So Heart Haven is a wellness retreat, and it's right outside of Nashville on Old Hickory Lake. So I offer all sorts of health and wellness services. So there's overnight retreats so people can stay overnight in the cabin. There's paddleboard rentals. I do paddleboard yoga, cooking classes. Um, and then people can also come for all-inclusive wellness retreats. So they can get massages and get facials and have this whole regimen while they're there. Working with me as a personal trainer, we'll do outdoor boot camps. We'll hike the trail. We'll play games, gather organic eggs in the morning from the chicken yeah. coop and kind of make it this all-inclusive wellness experience where they're really diving into their health and they're really just diving into nature. I think that, in my opinion, people are their healthiest when they are in nature to some extent. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the goal there. Um, You know, I have journal entries from way back to when I was a teenager talking about this place, didn't have a name yet. I, I had these, you know, these floor plans drawn up even as a teenager saying okay this will be the the room where they you know work out and this will be the drama therapy room and I I had that vision for a really long time like I said it just sort of pivoted and evolved into what it is today which you know as an Enneagram 7 you know our (laughs) our goal in life is really just to like have fun right Mm -hmm. like that's kind of the the bare bones root of it all and so it is funny that I mean it's just very Enneagram 7 of me to create a space where it's just all about fun and people can come and be themselves and and play on the obstacle course and axe throw and paddleboard on the lake and just have a really good time and feel alive. Yes. I, I want to go because that yes. sounds like a blast. I feel like uh, my friends and I, we plan a girl's trip every year. So I need to put Heart Haven on yes. our list and even a local getaway. Yes. It sounds absolutely. like a lot of fun. And with the paddleboarding, that sounds up my alley. It's, I mean, and it's, it's open year round. I get people year round. Every season is really unique and different. And I love that. I love that you get to kind of evolve and change with the seasons in the winter. You're a little more secluded. You're you've got fires going inside. You're getting the massages. You're kind of just chilling. You're sitting in the hot mm-hmm. tub. In the summer, it's like running around outside and paddleboarding and running on the hiking trail. You know, it just becomes different. The energy shifts yeah. and changes. So it's it's open year round, but summer is definitely when it really comes to life. Makes sense. And you have a lot of farm animals, yes. which I love. <laughs> Yeah. So what kind of animals do you have on the farm? Well, I have my chickens. I brought you some eggs, yes. by the way. <laughs> I know. She brought me eggs. I'm so excited because anyone that knows me knows that I love eggs, especially fresh eggs, because I'm all about buying pasture-raised, organic when I yep. can. Mm-hmm. Like I like to go for sustainable food as much as possible. Yes. 
Absolutely. Because of the way animals are treated. Absolutely. And, 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 and my fed. chickens are free range. They're outside. They're eating a variety of bugs and ticks. It's great. It's yeah. They really, they put in their work, right? Like they eat the mosquitoes and the ticks and they keep spiders and little things like yeah. that at bay. And they that's their protein. Right. So it really helps me and guests too to kind of get rid of those little bugs that are annoying. And then it helps the eggs become more protein rich and even mm. more nutrient dense. So it's there's a reason why people want those pasture-raised eggs. It's not just, oh, because it sounds cool or it's trendy. There's right. actually a reason it helps the eggs in yes. the content. Oh, yes. It has more nutrient-dense content. And yes. same with like a grass-fed burger yep. or grass-fed beef mm-hmm. versus whatever else you could get on yes. the market. Because what they're eating, I mean, it's just like us as humans, like our blood work will change based on how we eat. Right. And even our makeup of our body and our cells, it's just, it all, it's a domino effect. I'm yes. sure someone can say it in a more scientific You're right, manner, I know. But, <laughs> but it is a domino effect yeah, exactly. of some kind. And it, and it, it really does translate which is the whole theme of kind of mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today of like mental health too i mean i always say they're very happy hens because they are they get to just walk around and enjoy their day they're not in a coop they're not locked mm-hmm. up they get to go explore and have adventures and they're yeah. very happy hens. so Aww. that makes a difference in the eggs it does um so i've got chickens i've got two dogs two great pyrenees Smokey and bandit they're good guard dogs um, I've got two ducks, Daisy and Doris, and then I've Their got... Their ducks are so cute. <laughs> they really are. I mean, like, I feel like I don't even watch TV anymore. I just, like, sit and watch my ducks <laughs> and my chickens. Like, they're just hilarious yeah, waddling around. Um, Frances is kind of the star. She's the pygmy goat. Aww. And she people love her. She's, like, a little kid. She just is, like, a little toddler. She's kind of mischievous, <laughs> but super friendly. Uh, Fern is the pig. And she's super sweet, too. And then the cats, Spud and Biscuits. So cats are really cute. I actually was showing my friend your cats yesterday. She loves cats. Yeah, I was telling her all about you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's great because we really are a family, and everyone truly does their job. You know, like Mm -hmm. Spud and Biscuits. I mean, they eat snakes and rodents that we don't want around the house because they'll kill the chickens, and obviously can just be a nuisance. I mean, they get rid of those. The dogs guard the chickens from getting hunted by coyotes and bobcats, and Francis grazes and helps me weed eat. So we all just kind of have our our jobs, and everyone does it really proudly. Mm -hmm. Aw, you also have a cookbook that's out as well, which I think is incredible that you took the time to not only create recipes that look amazing and are very nutrient dense, but also the whole book from, I don't have the whole book yet, but from what I've seen the pictures and everything, it looks so well. What made you want to do that? And how, what was the process of creating your cookbook? Thank you so much. Well, it, it really is a beautiful book and that has nothing to do with me. That is Heather (laughs) Hughes, the photographer. She's incredible. Such a good photographer. She really just captured it beautifully. But this really came about from working as a nutritionist. I was working with my clients and I would always, you know, in making meal plans, I, I never liked calling them meal plans. I always call them menus because meal plans sometimes, nothing wrong with it, but sometimes it sounds restrictive. Yes. So people are already like, oh, doomsday, what's on my meal plan? If you say menu, you're like, ooh, what's on my menu this week? What yeah. do I get to eat? Not what do I have to eat? So I called them menus for people, and every week I would write new recipes and put them in there. Mm-hmm. And I would get feedback from clients of like, ooh, this was delicious, or ooh, could you try this with maybe more of this? And oh, I love the combination of these flavors. And I was always getting feedback and taking those notes. And oh. I was just forming this book of recipes over time that I was giving to nutrition clients to try. And then I was like, why don't I just actually write a cookbook? Because mm-hmm. I think that 
you know, it's it's a balanced, they're all balanced recipes, they're healthy, they're nourishing, but they're really delicious and they don't fit into any type of box. You know, oftentimes people say, is it a keto book? Is it is it paleo? Is it this? And, you know, I yes. yeah, by the face you're making, I know that we're kind of on the same page <laughs> yes. with this. It's like, yes. why does it have to fit into a box? Exactly. Why does it have to? Why exactly. can't it just be food? It's just food. <laughs> food is fuel. And mm-hmm. I do believe a lot of it is the energy you create around food and enjoying food and the process of it. I personally love cooking. I find Mm -hmm. cooking so therapeutic. A lot of people, and I am, I'm tired at the end of the day too, but I love cooking dinner when I can Mm -hmm. because just the chopping can be meditative for me and putting something on a pan, then making it look pretty. And yes, trying something new as well, mixing a couple different things together and being like, wait, that's actually really good. (laughs) And and I love the menu uh, expression that you added as well because I agree. I even talk about that on the workouts, like on the menu today we have. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It makes it exciting. It, it makes does. it fun. It does. Yeah. And I think food should be fun and it mm-hmm. shouldn't be this uh, feeling like we're in a container of we can only eat these things yes. and we're restricted to these things because then it makes us want the other things more or it creates the a negative relationship with food sometimes if you have guilt and shame around food. So yes. when you can just make food that you enjoy and create an experience out, out of it, which you create experiences for other people as well. Tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so I cook garden to table meals for my retreat guests. So oftentimes they'll say, oh yeah, we want brunch on Saturday morning or can you cook the group dinner when we arrive? And some groups go mm-hmm. all in and they want me to cook every meal. It's super fun. I really enjoy it. And what they enjoy is that they see me going out to the garden, picking the veggies, grabbing the eggs, and they know that they're getting like farm fresh ingredients and wow. they're seeing where it starts and then they're seeing their plate at the end and so I think that makes it fun and exciting and then they feel really good about what they're eating because they know exactly what's yes. going in there and I I just love that I do I love creating experiences for people mm-hmm. so I always say I get to see I feel so lucky in my job because I get to see the best version of people because they're almost like on vacation. They're almost in that they're around the people that they love most. They're Mm -hmm. away from work and stress and anything that may be causing any sort of chaos in their life. They're away from it. They're in nature, which brings out the best in people naturally. They're just having a good time. And so I just feel lucky because I get to be around the best versions of people. That's such a beautiful way to look at it as well. A great perspective because yeah, I, I would imagine so compared to, you know, people that work in a hospital and are around people right. that are constantly right. stressed or there for a medical reason that yes. that's a stressful situation. Whereas for you, do you feel find yourself more relaxed and enjoying your job a little more because everyone else is more Absolutely. Relaxed? Oh, my gosh. I, I think all the time. Yeah. The poor woman that works at the DMV probably just gets yelled at all day. Yeah. Those poor people. I just feel so bad, but it makes me so grateful. Mm-hmm. And I really do. I feel so at peace. I feel really calm and I just gratitude to me is the most important thing when it comes to happiness it's the most important ingredient and I just feel so much gratitude every single day I mean I think about it when gratitude comes I think when you start seeing things as a miracle everyday things as a miracle Mm -hmm. so you know I used to just buy eggs at the grocery store now I I have a relationship with my chickens. I'm a chicken lady. I have a relationship (laughs) with these chickens and I bond with them. And I see the work that they put in to lay this egg. And now I see every single egg as this miracle. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a miracle. Yeah. And I get to eat this for breakfast and I get to bake things with it. This is a miracle. And that turns into gratitude. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important ingredient in joy. 
I definitely agree with that. You're you're reminding me of my younger self. I wanted some chickens too. <laughs> and so now I'm thinking of my future self. Yes, we will have chickens in the backyard. This yes. will happen because that's so true. Back to when you cook a meal, you appreciate it more because yes. you know the hard work you put into something. But now you're witnessing the animal also go through that process. Yes. And, and you know, watching plants grow and the leaves grow. And oh, it, yeah. Yeah. It sounds it's like it's beautiful. beautiful. I mean, it really is. And people say this, I'm not a parent, but people, I've, I've heard a lot of parents say that, you know, their perspective on life shifts when they have a child because they witness this, what is natural and it's a part of nature, but it's just, whoa, that was a miracle that that just happened. Yeah. And so I feel like once you start seeing everyday things that same way, like the fact that a seed just sprouts into something and then we can, it, it's bountiful food we get mm-hmm. to eat it it's yeah. wild it is wild was there ever a moment in time that maybe you didn't have as much gratitude in your life and heart haven obviously brought that out a lot more for you but did you ever struggle in the past or has this kind of always been a way that you've naturally been right the irony that i am a cookbook author and i do a lot of work involving food i'm a nutritionist is that i grew up with a really bad eating disorder Mm -hmm. and food was my drug of choice Mm -hmm. right and that abuse between starving and then binging and and just abusing that Mm -hmm. there was definitely a lack of gratitude and and looking back the struggle is real Mm -hmm. and i think what a lot of people don't understand is that eating disorders are just another form of addiction And what's hard about eating disorders is an alcoholic can avoid going to a bar and avoid going to a liquor store. People with eating disorders, you must eat to survive. You Mm -hmm. have to. I mean, it's all around you. There's restaurants everywhere. The triggers are literally surrounding you every single time you have to eat. You're triggered. Right. So it's it's tough to get through. Um, And I, I do. I think I look back at that perspective back then the way that food was abused and used as punishment and there was so much shame and it was just a really dark place. I think I did maybe lack gratitude on even just the process of food and how lucky I am to have food and people are starving and, and don't live the lives that some of us get to live. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think there was a little bit of gratitude missing. Um, when I really got to that dark place and really spun out of control. And I think the first steps towards healing were gratitude and stopping to smell the roses. Yeah. And slowing down. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what Heart Haven really allows people to do is have that slow time and appreciation and gratitude for nature as well. And living in a city, we're kind of more go, 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 fast paced, but yeah. people really have permission to slow down when they go to a retreat to relax or go on a weekend vacation, whatever it is yes. that they need. And we need more of that. And it can be a lifestyle because it sounds like even though you work really hard and you're busy, you still have gratitude in your day-to-day practice and you do stop and smell the roses, even Mm -hmm. if you are this busy entrepreneur. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. You just hit the nail on the head because I think it's so easy, especially when you own a business or you are doing a creative project, you know, doing what you do. I know you relate to this. It, the days are busy. It's It can get really chaotic. It is just one thing after the other. The mm-hmm. to-do list doesn't ever get smaller. It just grows every day. Yes. <laughs> As you check things off, more get added. It's just life. And mm-hmm. I think once you make peace with your to-do list, then it becomes easier 
to stop and smell the roses and say, you know what? Why did I do all this if I'm not going to stop and enjoy it? Like I have a zip line on my property. If I find myself like overwhelmed and stressed, I'm like, I'm just going to go down the zip line and remember that like I made this and I should enjoy it too. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it probably just helps you snap out of it because yes. you just did to like fly in the air on a zip line. <laughs> yeah. How can you be upset on a zip line? You just have to be like, woo. I can't. I'm just like imagining someone like really pouty and mad, just like hopping on a zip line, like right? going down like that'd be so weird it's impossible you have to woo and smile and giggle that's therapy right there yep that's therapy therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know so what is your lifestyle then or not even lifestyle but mm, actually let's go this way so then what are some challenges that you face as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur you know i feel again so lucky that i am I am kind of a one woman show. I mean, I have some contractors that come in and help me do certain Mm -hmm. events. And I have people, obviously, the massage therapists, the estheticians, they come in and I'm not doing all of those upgrades. But for the most part, I mean, I really do everything myself, which is a blessing and a curse. I love it because I, I have my feet in everything. Like I said, I get to see the best versions of people. I get to talk with every single guest and spend time with them and really just enjoy that day to day grind. But on the flip side, it there is a grind. It's mm-hmm. it's a grind. And I find myself physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted and really overwhelmed a lot of the time. It's it's a lot. I mean, it's physically, like he- the heavy lifting. I'm just like, I wish I had 12 of me. Or yeah. I just wish I had hands. Like so many days. I think that's my biggest struggle. I'm like, I just wish I had hands. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur and with my business being where it's at, You know, I don't have the ability to hire 12 people like I Mm -hmm. wish I could. So it's a blessing and a curse. I love it. And it's tough. It's really challenging. I could totally see that. And even though I haven't been to Heart Haven yet, when I went to Montana last year, I was in Montana for two weeks at a yoga retreat experience. And it basically sounds like a Heart Haven. Uh They made all three meals for us every single day. And the grocery store was 45 minutes away. So it's not like they could go and grab stuff. Yeah. They did go to the grocery store at the start of the second week. But yeah, and I saw how hard they worked. So I was so appreciative of every meal they gave us. Right. Because I saw how hard they worked and how fresh they made it. And they were intentional about their their cooking as well because it is a yoga retreat. Yes. But yeah, so I could I could totally see that. And there were two men. And at the end of the trip, uh, we were driving back in the van when we were taking me to the airport. And basically... Um. yeah, they were explaining how they need more hands, yeah. too. And yeah. <laughs> there were 16 of us, I think, total to feed. So wow. that, that's a lot for three meals a day. Oh, my gosh. That is a lot. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes breakfast was simple with, like, yogurt and things like that. But right. still. Still, yeah. yes. It's, it's a lot of work. It's definitely a lot of, like, I just feel like I do a lot of physical labor every day, which mm-hmm. I love. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm my, my best version of myself. When I'm outside, when I'm working with my hands, when I'm doing something worthwhile, I love it. I love being out there working in the garden my animals are running around my feet I love it yeah but you know there's it's physically taxing too yeah. a little bit you know yes. gritting the paddle boards in and out of the water I mean it's it's a lot of physical labor I could totally see that so then what is your vision moving forward for Heart Haven where do you want to take it next or are you just trying to continue the process now and figure out your next steps I'm really focusing on presence and definitely being present and enjoying and really reveling in the right now for sure but I definitely want to grow Heart Haven. I mean, I would love to have multiple locations. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a second property that I haven't fully started okay. developing yet. 
you know, it's been a crazy time to build, but, you know, financially, yes. it's just wild what is, you know, how our world is right now. And, you know, I, I, I know that it's going to happen and hopefully sooner rather than later. But mm-hmm. I do have a second property that's larger, that has a little bit more opportunity as far as building more structures and offering even more services. So Ooh. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited for you. That'll yes. be amazing. That Will that be in Tennessee as well? It's in a different state. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Stay tuned for details on that. Yes. Okay. I will. And, and everyone in the audience should too. Yes. I know. So then on those days that you feel really run down, what are some practices or tools that you use in your toolbox to help take care of Haven? Mm, that's a really good question. You know, physical movement is definitely so like such good medicine that I just believe in and I and I love it so much. And sometimes I find myself in the day-to-day doing almost too much physical movement. So it's mm-hmm. finding that balance of like my go-to is I need to go work out. Well, sometimes I'll look at my watch or something and it's like, oof, I'm 30,000 steps in. I've basically done 10 workouts today. That's too much. You don't need to work out. Right. So maybe right now you need to just like sit and pet your dogs and like mm-hmm. lay in the hammock with the goat and just chill for a minute. Um, I think finding that balance between, you know, the physical movement and then also the rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um So that's one. And then two, it really is gratitude of like when I feel overwhelmed, like everything is just raining down on me. And I I feel like I'm like doggy paddling half the time (laughs) with just my barely my head above water and I'm just doing this. I feel like that a lot, like a lot. I do too. I, I'm so glad you made that visual because I have used that visual with a few yeah. close people of mine where, yeah, I just feel like I'm keeping my head above water. Yes. And you're just treading and you're like, uh, you're doing it and, and people compliment us. Right. Because they're like, oh, you're hard, <laughs> hard work ethic and we love this and we love right. that. And that's fantastic. And I really appreciate that. But just like I know you do as well. But yeah, it just, it it can really weigh down on you oh over my gosh. time. Because you're not moving anywhere. You feel like you're just barely making it. You're yes. just barely surviving. And that feeling, yeah, I have that feeling many times in a single day. Yeah. And so the biggest thing to me is cling to the good days. There are some days where mm-hmm. I feel so alive. I feel so thankful. I feel like I'm in heaven. This is, Same. this yeah. feels like heaven. And so knowing that just around the corner there could be a really bad day where maybe everything breaks and everything, you've got bills that are piling up by the door. And so on that really good day where it feels like heaven, I cling to that and I squeeze it and I hug it and I say, thank you so much. And it's gratitude. And I revel in that feeling because, you know, for the next week we could be, it could be hell week. You don't know. You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. And I think that's kind of the fun part of an entrepreneur is that, Every day is different and you kind of don't know what to expect. And I think that's the part of I would like to think it's healthy chaos that I enjoy (laughs) in my life where one week. Yeah, we're cruising. I have some clients on vacation like things are going all smooth. And then the next week it's like, oh, and you have a million (laughs) things on your to do list and you're running here, running there. And yeah, it's just an interesting lifestyle for entrepreneur, which is why it's not for everyone. So I and I respect that. Correct. I think it's not for everyone. But And I'm sure you feel this way. At the end of the day, this is my third thing that I cling to if I'm, you know, to really get through is like I think about it. I'm like, 
Okay. Well, you could go be sitting at a desk from nine to five, which is great. And I've done right. that before and plenty of people do that and they love it and they thrive right. there. There's there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, that at all. Yeah. But I just know that's not where I thrive. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, you could go do that. I know I could go get a job doing that. And at the end of the day, I'm like, no, you know, this is where you belong. This is the life that's made for you is, is much of a struggle as it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes heavy lies the crown and okay, wear the crown, but it's tough, you know? Oh, yeah. It's definitely tough. And uh, it can be a struggle, but we... You're right. Not everyone is meant to do it, and that's okay. Yeah, and and that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, so we just got to cling to what we're made to do, and you just... I know that you feel this way. You're like, well, this is what I'm made to do. Mm -hmm. So although it's challenging, this is where I thrive. I got to do it. Agreed. And I think I wouldn't be as happy or as fulfilled with my purpose if I did choose another life. But right. it's kind of back to what you said earlier. I do wish I had nine lives. Yes. And <laughs> and could fulfill all the cool, crazy things or ideas I come up with. But it's back to just one bite at a time over here. I know, one bite at a time, but we it's the FOMO. We've got the we've got the gluttony. Yes. I've got the life gluttony going on. Yeah. I just want I want all the things. <laughs> I know. So on a more personal level, what's next for Haven? Not just Heart Haven, but mm. Haven or what is something that maybe you want to work on for yourself, whether it's a piece of wellness for you or just whatever it may look like? That's a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. You can sit on it. Yeah, I might need to sit on that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's tough. It's funny because, and I'm sure you relate to this, I think every business owner and entrepreneur does. When someone says, what's next for you, you immediately go to business. Oh, yeah. well, this is next for our business. And they're like, no, no, no. What's next for you <laughs> personally? So that's why it's a tough question. And that's why I asked it. Yeah. <laughs> because all my answers are going to business. Because I know. And just a side note. So on the last podcast, I talked about the four-day work week and how a lot of people are finding a lot more happiness. And that's kind of more around mm-hmm. the nine-to-five jobs. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I imagined myself <laughs> in a four-day work week. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> that would not work for me. Can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I was just like, what would I do? Uh, <laughs> spend money that I don't need to spend? Right. Probably. No, truly. That's what would happen for me. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> what would happen. Like, yeah, because I do like to go out in nature and go to a waterfall on days off and things yeah. like that. But I, but then if you do it at all, like every weekend, then that's not as exciting when on the times oh, totally. you do do it. So I don't know. Absolutely. hard. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I will say my first answer that comes to mind, it's definitely kind of intertwined in the business, but it's also personal. I really, really want to, which is why I'm so glad you had me on today. I've been doing more podcasts lately and um, some more media things. I really, I think I'm at that point where I'm excited to try to start incorporating my film background with my business, um, Mm -hmm. like cooking show type vibes. I I would love to have a cooking show. A cooking show, and and it's back to being an entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. is that there are some things where that just sounds fun for you. Yes. Like, <laughs> start doing a cooking show Cooking show is a form of self-expression and yeah. being able to share something you love with other people that it might not feel like a job anyway. So yes. w- we can take that okay, as, good. like, a personal <laughs> with a mix of business in there. And I think that's where sometimes the lines get crossed as an entrepreneur right. as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because yeah. you can't really have... It's just hard to have a day off like anyone who owns a gym. Well, even if it's your day off and you go to work out, you end up working, right? Mm-hmm. It's I'm sure you relate to that. Like I even on my days off, I still end up 
piddling around and you can't help oh, yeah. but get your fingers into stuff. So Agreed. it all kind of intertwines. But I mean, I would love to combine both of those worlds. It just seems like the best of both worlds mm-hmm. and have a cooking show of some sort. Um, on a personal note, I mean, I, yeah, I, I really, I would love to have a family one day. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to get married. And really, I think my goal is to be a, a better partner, be a more patient mm-hmm. partner, be and kind of lean into that personal side. And actually, you asking this question is a good mm-hmm. reminder of like yeah. shutting off work when it needs to be shut off and mm-hmm. just kind of being with your person, being with your partner, being with your friends, being with your family. And it's OK to like not talk about work and kind of shut that off and just be with each other. And you're yeah. not wasting time. I have this kind of guilt that starts to sink in yes. when anything's not relating to work. And it's like, no, you can, you're not wasting time by spending time with your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it may be. This is actually really good. This is not a waste of time. (laughs) Exactly. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to even when people show up for a workout and they, or I, I talk about this with yoga. So when I teach yoga, someone comes into a class uh, for an hour, Mm -hmm. nothing else matters beforehand. Nothing else matters after you're just present on your mat for 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that 60 minutes is for you or whatever you want to get out of it. I relate to them. If you want to, you can set an intention for your class for the next 60 minutes. And then I remind them you can be present here. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And so it's the same with friends. So that Mm -hmm. that same practice showing up to yoga class, you can bring to, oh, okay, I'm getting coffee with a friend for two hours. That two hours, nothing else matters work-related right. because I'm just hanging out with a friend, catching up with a friend. So it in, in a sense, it is compartmentalizing. And if there is something work-related, work let's say you're waiting on a phone call or email, you can just let that friend know, hey, right. I am waiting on this, but I won't right. worry about it until I see my phone pop up or something. Absolutely. Yeah. And whatever happened, I mean, that's just such a beautiful thing. And it's a long-lost art. Whatever happened to going to dinner with your friends and not bringing your phone? Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. No. Why not? Why can't we do it? I know. Why I can't d- we sit without it for a minute? I don't know. But it is so sad when you see a family and they're yep. all just on their phones or tablets sitting out at dinner. It's horrifying. It to is, me, it's like a horror movie. Yeah. And that's why I think, to your point, what you're saying about yoga, you know, I'm, I'm really a big encourager of hobbies where you can completely shut off. That's why I think sports are a wonderful thing. That's why Mm -hmm. I love playing beach volleyball because it's impossible to be on my phone. I'm not thinking about anything except the game, the ball. I'm moving. I'm playing. I'm having a good time. I'm high-fiving my partner. It's all completely shut off. It's impossible to work. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do anything like negative. I mean, there's just no way. Right. I love beach volleyball for that reason. I love surfing for that reason. You're in the middle of the water. Yes. You're not on your phone. There's no distractions. You're just riding the wave. Yeah. You're just having a good time. I so. know. Yeah, you can't beat it. So I agree. It's learning to be present in the present moment. And mm-hmm. the more people I talk to, the more all of us are trying to do that because we feel the distractions all around us. Yeah. We're surrounded by distractions whether it's our phone or work obligations, the hustle culture, all of yep. it. And yes, I do think I succumb to some of the hustle culture yep. and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it right. is, it's a balance. It's a balance. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's it's knowing when is it consuming us to a point that maybe it's it's hurting a pillar of our health, like our mental yep. health, our stress and the ways in which we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not all a bad thing. I think the grind is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you can't grind 24-7. No. That's not how our bodies are designed. It's not how our minds are designed. Right. You know, there has to be some sort of rest. Exactly. So. 
And you value mental health a lot too. Do you have anything you want to share about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely goes along with what you're saying, presence. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, mental health really is all about presence and gratitude. And when you have those things, I just think you're a healthy person mentally. It's hard not to be. If you are present in the moment, I think most people that struggle, and I struggle with everything under the sun when it comes to mental health, you know, especially with dealing with that eating disorder and then anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and insomnia, and it all sort of dominoes into a variety of issues. When you're really, really present, it's you find that healing because if you if you think about most people that are dealing with mental health issues, it's either really, really lingering on the past or really, really anxious about the future mm-hmm. or a combination of both. Yes. And it'll keep you awake at night. It'll keep you from sleep. It'll keep you from enjoying a conversation. It'll mm-hmm. keep you from enjoying anything in your day-to-day life. Oh. It'll stop that from happening. The minute you become present, what am I doing? Oh, I'm petting my dog. Hey, I'm having a good time. Yeah. I'm ziplining. I'm paddleboarding. Whatever it is, you're having a good time if you're present and you're really mm-hmm. thinking about that moment. We can't let ourselves linger on the past constantly. We can't get anxious about the future. It's, you know, you got to just live right here and right now. We don't know how many days we have on this earth. Exactly. We're not promised anything. No. So there's no there's no reason to do that. Exactly. That's a beautiful message. Oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> and mental well-being, that's a part of your business because you really value health and the holistic side of health, yes. which is also a huge piece of this podcast is not just the physical health, not just de-stressing the system, but taking care of your mental health as well. So Mm -hmm. tell me how that's incorporated into your business. Right. I mean, you can't have one without the other, right? right? You can't just have a healthy body without a healthy mind, a healthy spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to have them all to be a really healthy, thriving person, Mm -hmm. you know, I say healthy, quote unquote, because what does that really mean? Yes. But you know, yes, it's all relative, but You really can't have one without the other, and you really have to invest and really pour in to make that possible, and that comes with Mm -hmm. self-awareness, and that comes with presence, and it's not just, you know, at the end of the day, everything is addictive, even healthy things. Yes. And so everyone has their thing they have to sort of self-check. Even Mm -hmm. exercise is addictive and Mm -hmm. can go negative if you're not careful. I'll be honest. That's what I've struggled with my entire life. I love the feeling of exercise. I love the post-exercise feeling so much. Me too. (laughs) I know that you – it's just this high that you cannot explain to someone. It's just so good. And so sometimes, and a lot of us that work in that field – we go a little bit too hard because we're just seeking that that short high, mm-hmm. that temporary high. So it's like, okay, well, if I work out now, I know I'll feel really good. So I definitely struggle with that. I have to self-check that and say, mm, you don't need to do a fourth workout today. What are we doing? Right. Why? There's something else. Let's let's lean into this. What are we feeling? What are you thinking? What What's wrong that you're trying to avoid right, right. now? You know? Mm-hmm. So it's important to kind of look at every single pillar and kind of tie them in. You know, and I think that the food that we eat, what we do with our bodies, what we Mm -hmm. choose to put into our bodies, Mm -hmm. what we choose to put into our minds and how we think and who we surround ourselves with, that's that's who you're going to be as a person. Yes. Overall, it's consumption of all of the things, consumption Mm -hmm. of food, consumption of what we're reading on our phones and Mm -hmm. the media of friends and what they're talking about, the topics of conversation Uh, consumption can contribute to who we are as a person and how we feel in ourselves. And even just you explaining that, it makes me question, oh, what is 
our own version of health. What does health right. look like for me? What does health look like for you? And mm-hmm. they might be a little bit different, but they all kind of live on the same playing field right. where it's not just your mind is separate from your body and the food you eat, you know, you might get a high from eating some yummy sugar dessert and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But if that's the only thing you eat, then you <laughs> might start to feel different. And then right. that can affect your mental health, which can affect your physical health. And mm-hmm. it's just this one big trickle effect. Totally dominoes. Yes. I know it's why consumption. I mean, that's a great way to put it. What are we consuming? And yeah, it's not just food, guys. It is everything. It's what we're scrolling through. And it is the people we hang out with. It's what we're watching. I mean, Mm -hmm. whatever you're consuming becomes part of you. So, you know, not to say you can't scroll through your phone mindlessly for a few minutes. That's not a a big deal. But if that's what you're doing all the time. And I think that's something that this generation, the generation below us, even the generation above us, you know, mm-hmm. we love to say those teenagers, but it's really like our parents' generation. Yes. They struggle with it just as much. Oh, yeah. I see it all the time. Those people at restaurants, that age group, everyone is guilty at this point of uh, doing that. I know because it's so addictive and we all get those quick hits yes. from scrolling and wanting to see the next thing. And mm-hmm. um, I even have a friend that she says the week after her birthday, she... Uh, will close all social media apps and won't touch it for a whole month. And I thought that was so interesting. And she was telling me about that the other day. And it was so inspiring. And and she said that when she picks up her phone again, she realizes, oh, yeah, this is why I don't scroll as much. And she said eventually the habit starts to creep back in. Mm -hmm. And then it's fine. But she does notice a difference that first week back in. How interesting. I mean, yeah. Because I've done, I think we've all kind of done some social media breaks. Same experience. You come back and you're like, oof, this is why I stepped yeah, away from this. This exactly. is horrendous. And then you creep back in and then it becomes normal. Yes. Uh, and it shouldn't be normal. Right. I think because sometimes I won't, because it's, it's the same concept of, you clo- you know, you give yourself no access to your social media apps, but you still go yes. to pick up your phone and then you realize how much you pick up your phone mm-hmm. to mindlessly look at the mm-hmm. apps. And a lot of people that are in a waiting room at a doctor's office, they don't like waiting in a right. waiting room unless they can scroll through something. Wow. But for me, uh, it was a couple of years ago that I realized, wait, I kind of like waiting rooms because yeah. it's back to the idea <laughs> that there's nothing else you can do but wait there till yeah. your name is called. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, I get to chill for a second. I don't have to run around like a chicken with my head cut That's off. so cool. sweet. It's so wholesome. And we've completely lost that because we did yeah. used to like just go sit and just sit. Yeah. Or we'd talk, maybe chat with the other people in the waiting room, get to know each other, have a little moment of humanity. Yeah. And now it's just like straight down at the phones. And yeah, I guess, yeah, even, I mean, I don't love to talk to people on planes either, but but even people, like people talking on planes, nope, you just have your phone, you stare at that with your headphones on and you're like, nope, I don't want to talk to that person. It's so different. Even at the gym too, if you go to like an open gym setting with headphones in and stuff, it's just kind of... Same it's like concept. a sci-fi movie. You know, <laughs> me and my boyfriend, we love to watch Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> As like kind of an unwinder. We actually were watching it last night. We watch it every now and then and we're like, wow, this show does a lot for us. One, they don't make TV shows like this anymore at all. Yeah. It is so simple. It is so wholesome. It has really good messages that are just Aww. all about being a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I watch this and I want to be a better person. I want to talk to my neighbors and bring them some groceries just for the heck of it and say, how are you? And give someone a compliment. I mean, shows like that don't exist anymore. And then also it reminds you of, you know, 
And my grandmother, I love mm. hearing her stories because she has that, that same kind of similar background. She grew up a farmer's daughter during the Great Depression. So it's like, she's like, oh, yeah, every Sunday, I mean, we would get up. We'd have to do the horse and buggy. We'd ride the horse and buggy. It took us an hour to get there. We're bumping the whole way. Aww. Everything was work, though, right? Yeah. Like, they're really, everything was, that's why they had gratitude. They mm-hmm. had to earn and work for everything. That's true. And so I think we're, we're missing that a little bit in our society right now because, a lot of things are automatic. They're just kind of given to us. So we don't think about the process of, well, how did this steak get here? We don't think about the farmer, you know, and the rancher that made this possible mm-hmm. for us to eat. And I think that's a missing piece. Everything at, at one point in that era was hard, hard work. And you know what? I think I don't I think that while I believe in R&R, I believe in rest and recovery, I'm a huge believer in self-love. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our society swings a little too far one way and then the next. And I yeah. think that in a way, we've swung really, really hard on that self-care, which is a great thing. But I think we've swung maybe a little too hard. And, you know, I don't think we were made on this earth to just sit around and do easy things. I think we were made to do hard things. Yes, I love every word of that. I I agree with that 100% because we can get so wrapped up in self-care or maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. push myself doing this activity or working or whatever it is because I need to or I shouldn't go out with that friend that I haven't seen in a while. I want to cancel because I need to sit on my couch and watch TV and be alone instead. (laughs) And there's a time and place for that. Yes. But I do think sometimes we use that too much. Yep too mm-hmm. much that it's just knowing when to push and when to pull back in those areas right but there's it, a balance yes and we, we become hyper independent not all of us yep. but I do know of some people including myself I've like tried to prevent myself because I see myself swinging that way wait no like be with friends yes it's okay to do th- activities with other people you don't have to always do this alone wow and yeah it's hard that is a really good point I think in our society right now we do we have such an easy out we can just text someone and say hey i can't come tonight hey i need a mental health break mental health breaks are fantastic yes but you don't need one every day agreed you got to show up sometime you got to put it and you know this is because i know this can be possibly come across the wrong way so i want to make it clear that i'm a huge believer in mental health days self-love self-care all of it Mm -hmm. and healing from my eating disorder and what i've been through i had to find self-love that was the main thing i had to find because it was missing But you have to find that balance of like, there are grind days, there are hard work days, there are, I'm I'm slumming, I'm just trying to make it days. And also, you got to show up for your friends, too. You got to show up for your family and show Mm -hmm. up for life. You know, sometimes I think we're missing out on stuff because we're tapping out and saying, oh, I need a night in. Well, you're missing out on some good stuff. This is life right here. It is life. And back in the day, too, when we didn't have cell phones. Right. It was you talk to someone at school or you, wherever you saw them last. Oh, hey, yeah, let's let's yeah. meet up by <laughs> by the football field and we'll go mm-hmm. out or do whatever, whatever yeah. it is that they did back then. But yes. yeah. And, then and you couldn't cancel. Exactly. Because you made the plans. You had to show up. Exactly. Or else you're standing someone else up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wrong. <laughs> Agreed. And even then when now, I guess people don't have excuses to stand other people up because you could just text them. You can just text them hey i'm not feeling too good tonight maybe let's rain check i just think we rain check a little bit too often yeah i agree with that what do you think people need to do more just say yes more (laughs) well i'm a yes girl at heart so if someone peer pressures me even slightly i'll pretty much succumb to it um 
but yeah, I, I I really do. And this is generalizing. I'm mm-hmm. generalizing here. This is not every person. But in general, in our society right now, I do believe people need to say yes more. I think people need to show up more. I think people need to grind more mm-hmm. and come to the table and bring your best. Yeah. And I think that we're making ourselves tired. You nailed it perfectly saying we're b- becoming too independent. Mm-hmm. We were built to do hard things. We were also built to have communities and families. Yeah. We're meant to be involved with each other. Agreed. Connection. So, yes, we need that connection so badly. I so so many times, you know, I'll be like, "Oof, I really want to stay in tonight." But if my if it's something important that I already committed to and I'll go, I'll come back being like, "That was the best time. I laughed for an hour. I'm so glad I went to that." It's really rare that I'm like, "Oh, I wish I didn't go to that." I mean, it's pretty rare. Right. You know? Just like showing up to a workout. It's super rare that you're like, I wish I didn't do that. You know, unless there's an injury or something. Yes. It's pretty rare. You're usually leaving being like, oh, so glad I showed up and did that. Yes. And actually, that was my exact thought process mm-hmm. was, wait, that's like working out because I remind myself and others, at least show up, try, and yeah. then see how you feel. And most of the time, you will feel better. You're right. Once in a blue moon, maybe workout wasn't what you needed. Maybe you did just need right. a walk or whatever. But you kind of, again, learn. You at least tried, and you're glad that you at least showed up rather than skipping it and then moping about it and then feeling whatever yes. way about it. Yeah. Yes. So same with a friend. Instead of feeling guilty about not showing up for a friend, maybe you just don't stay out as long or you just Absolutely. see how the night goes. Set a little boundary, maybe set a little alarm or say, hey, I'm going to leave by 10, you know, just so, you know, preface it beforehand. But show up for that person. If yeah. it's their birthday or a special occasion. Yeah, I do. I really think that we as a society tap out way too often. I agree. And we're kind of, yeah, we're just becoming these like co-independent type people and I just don't think we're built for that yeah it's just one of those things to be mindful of especially like talking to the audience specifically that these types of conversations we have are just more thought provokers we just want to get people to think and question like oh like are you showing up for your friends are you doing these things Mm -hmm. and what does that line look like for you what does that look like in your life right yeah Yeah. and you only get so many days exactly we are guaranteed nothing Mm-hmm. And I mean, my grandmother turns ninety this week. I know that's so exciting. I, I know, it was such so a cool. big deal to me when my grandma turned ninety. So oh, I feel she, you. She's ninety, ninety and a half now. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's wild. She still drives, whether she should so or should. So does mine, and I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but she's so. She is a big inspiration in my life. My grandmother. Same. Because, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, she was a farmer's daughter. That My grandma was a farmer's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but also back then that was kind of the norm. Exactly, you know, yeah. like Great Depression, a lot of, there were still so many farmers and mm-hmm. just self-sustainable people. They yeah. grew their own food and, you know, did their own thing and whatever. But it's, I think that's a huge part of why she is so healthy today mm-hmm. is she grew up eating that real food. She learned how to cook the real way and to this day, she still cooks herself very balanced meals. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. There's so just. inspiring. I know. It really is. It really. And she's still, she's literally 90 and is like out there gardening and growing stuff and doing yard work. That's it's wild. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I know my grandma still lives in her house. She, I don't think she gardens anymore, but she uh-huh. still goes on daily walks and she takes an aerobics class twice a week. Stop. Yeah. Um, see, yeah. I mean, it's like use it or lose it. Yes. The fact that she's still moving and going and she's probably thriving like oh, my grandma yes. is. Yes. I mean, and just happy as can be. Yep. <laughs> like if I didn't know, I would not. I would not know 
or think that my grandma is 90. Yeah, it's just they grew up in such a different world. And so I'm really inspired by that world. To be honest, post-COVID, I think our whole world sort of had this identity crisis where we paused and we started to kind of like reflect on those previous generations and gathered a lot of inspiration from them. Everyone started baking bread and everyone wanted to get chickens and get it. It's great. People started growing gardens and, Mm -hmm. and really kind of going classic, you know, going old school health because we didn't know where the world was going to go. We really didn't know. Yes. Are we going to have no food? Are we, are grocery stores going to exist in two years? We didn't know. We didn't know. So people made some good moves, I think, post COVID in that sense. I agree. There were a lot in cooking. That was when I started cooking a lot more Uh as well and got really into that again. And, and yeah, yeah, I agree. It just, it makes a difference. Not, and, and because we weren't, eating out as much right. all of that it right. made a difference in how we felt and well haven i've loved having you on Thank so much you so yes much. i'm ready to dive into some of the closing questions if you're ready yes, yes. okay <laughs> perfect if you could talk to anyone dead or alive sit down have a meal with them at heart haven who would it be Ooh. that's a tough one i think, and I don't know if this really counts, and this is what you're really asking, but I would love to sit down with my parents at a younger age mm-hmm. and have dinner with them, like at my age. I would love to to speak with them like eye to eye at this same point in our lives and really just talk to them. And I'm really inspired by my parents and the lives that they have always lived. And so I would just love to meet them at a younger age. That's a beautiful answer and a unique answer. I'll take it <laughs> because that's true. Parents, do you just want to know the lessons that they've I don't know. I really do. What do you want to know about them at that age? I've really enjoyed these last few years getting to know my parents on a non-parental level. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to go back in time and talk to them when they were younger and just pull from their inspiration because, I mean, I've just seen them do work that matters their entire Mm -hmm. lives. They have poured into people. They've been an inspiration. They've done work that's just truly good. Mm. And they have, they both have that entrepreneurial spirit and just very creative people. And I would just love to go get inspired by them. Oh, I love that. And now Mm -hmm. I see where you get it from. Of course. (laughs) So what are three health habits that are most important to you? And you've kind of already mentioned gratitude presence, Mm -hmm. but curious if there's anything else that you want to bring to the table. You know, I always say any movement is good movement. And that's kind of part of why I made Heart Haven the way that it is. Heart Haven is designed in a way that movement is just natural and instinctual. Um, I'm all about instinctual health. I believe in seasonal eating. My cookbook really focuses mm-hmm. on seasonal eating. So everything just sort of becomes natural. Whatever is fresh, that's what you're picking. That's what you're eating. Whatever's out there, that's what you're doing. So Heart Haven is kind of designed. There's a hiking trail. You've got a. There's a big hill after you get out of you know paddleboarding on the water. You've got to walk up the hill. There's a little obstacle course. There's axe throwing. You know, you go grab the eggs in the morning. So movement just sort of becomes a natural part of your day-to-day life. You're not thinking, okay, what do I have to do to work out today? And there's nothing wrong with that. I do that plenty where I'm actually riding a workout and doing a strength training Mm -hmm. session and all that. But as far as movement goes, I think it's important to make it fun, make it enjoyable, make it instinctual, make it just part of your day. So that's kind of how Heart Haven is designed. And that's a big pillar, I think, of that. Okay. I love that answer. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And is there one last message that you want to leave the audience with today? Any last words? You know, my biggest message and, you know, my inspiration behind Heart Haven, I remember sitting down at the table and thinking about, okay, what's my Northern Star? What's my true North? How do I want people to feel when they come to Heart Haven? And 
there's so many words that come to mind. I think of nostalgia, that childhood feeling when you go off to summer camp and you're on your own and you're on a new adventure and you're trying new things and you're having a really good time and you're having fun and you're engulfed in nature. That is one of those big feelings I really wanted to evoke in Heart Haven is that nostalgia, that summer camp feeling. And so I really want to give people that nostalgia, that summer camp feeling, because at the end of the day, you only live once. You get one life. Our days are numbered. We really just have no guarantee that we'll see tomorrow or mm-hmm. that we'll see next year or that we'll see age 90 like our grandmothers. Right. We, we don't know. We have no guarantee. My biggest message that I want to send to people and make Heart Haven an inspiration is just to live life to the fullest, to show up and to live it. Haven, thank you so much for coming out here. If people want to go to Heart Haven, how can they find Heart Haven? Where can they find you on social media? Yes, so you can find me on Instagram at heart underscore haven. You can just search Heart Haven. I'm sure it'll come up. And then hearthaven.us is my website. So I reach out either one of those places, and I would love to have you all out. Yes, I can't wait to get a group of people out there. It's (laughs) going to be a fun time, whoever's coming with me. Let me know. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And just a reminder that episodes come out at 5 a.m. every single Monday. And thank you so much for being a supporter of Badass Mind and Body. If you love this episode, please read a review and let me know how much you love this conversation with Haven. See you next time. Thank you. Aw.